Here we go again. Welcome to the Sloppy Book Club podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Celise. And we are on season two, episode 12. Mm-hmm. Um, on this week's episode, we're going to do a wine tasting and Jenny has a mixed drink. Yep. We're going to play a game and we're going to review two books. The first book being, or whichever order we go in, but one of the books is a YA fantasy, When Oceans Rise by Rob- Robin Alvarez, right? Yep. Did I say that right? You got oh. it. <laughs> for a minute, I'm like, I'm reading it, but like, it's not processing. Anyway, <laughs> the second book will be a woman's fiction um, in five years by Rebecca Surley. And if you listen to episode 11, these were two books that we kind of were like, we kind of want to do an episode on and here mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. Do you want me to go first with my drink? Sure. <laughs> All right. So I forgot to ask Mike, what is actually in this drink? Okay. But- he wanted to make me like a themed drink. And because my book is like a Little Mermaid retelling, he made me a drink called Ocean Water. Oh my God, that looks it so cute. cute. And there's fish inside, the little like- um, Swedish fish? Like, yeah, that, those. I already tasted it. It's really freaking good. I it looks good. It. It's I'm, so delicious. I'm so cute. I'm but all the fish cute. fell. So <laughs> cheers. Cheers. That's so good. Yeah, you said it was. And I'm jealous. <laughs> All right. So as you heard last week or um, our last episode, rather, my husband doesn't want to buy any of the big bottles anymore. So now <laughs> I have this canned wine. I've never had wine in a can, but I'm going to give it a go. Same. It's called <clears throat> Everyone's Welcome in Our House. And this is their um, special collection one because of nice and if you don't know we are at lgtbt uh q plus (laughs) safe haven yes we are (laughs) lgbtq (laughs) plus okay i didn't like you definitely switched a couple letters but we'll move on from that but we are a safe space we are yes um so yes this is their special one it says two cans of these makes one full wine bottle really yeah two cans equals one bottle huh okay i'm scared how many how much alcohol is in here then you'll be drinking a half a bottle right there 12 oh yeah yep i'm scared you're good (laughs) i hope it's good hope you like it oh that's not bad yeah it says carbonated wine bright fruity and flavorful gluten-free i wouldn't say really fruity but it's definitely carbonated (laughs) yeah yeah i can't say that i've ever had wine in a can um I mean, they used to do wine in a box. Why not a can? Yeah. I've so. had wine in a box. <laughs> well, each can donates $2 to the Human Rights Campaign. Nice. And this Good is job. a okay. Good job. Not bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get to this game because I'm super nervous. Okay. So I found this never have I ever like questionnaire thing and it's all book related and I'm, there's a bunch here. I'm only going to do like 10. If okay. you have done it, just take a sip of your drink. So if Fair. I've done it, I drink. Yep. If I didn't do it. Then don't drink. I, then don't drink. But yeah. what if I don't want you to know if I did or didn't? So do I just not drink? I think you need to answer yes or no. Okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. They're not like spicy or anything. They're just regular okay. book related. Oh, okay. Book- okay perfect yeah book related okay um so dropped a book on your face while reading (laughs) plenty of times (laughs) never a book but the kindle yes i've I've done a book a kindle a phone (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see hid a book that you were reading have you ever hid a book 
When I was younger, yes. I never have. Mm-hmm. Was it a spicy book? Of course. I was reading things <laughs> I should have at a very young age. <laughs> Jesus. Lied about what you're reading. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Especially when it's one of my parents. Oh, what are you reading? Oh, <laughs> you know, nothing. I'm not, like at work and stuff. Some random person will ask me, oh, nothing. <laughs> Just boring stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Read Fifty Shades of Grey more than once. I did. Did you really? Yes. I thought they were like really badly written. I love them. <laughs> I love <Okay>. it. <laughs> now, um, what is it? Fit- no, it's his point of view. Mm-hmm. That book, that one recently came out, like I want to say a year or two ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer than that. That, that, I would never read it again. Okay. It was, no, not my cup of tea. Okay. I, I feel like it's very hard to get the male perspective sometimes in certain like spicy scenes. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, like that wouldn't really happen or he wouldn't really say that in his mind. Like certain things that she said that, you know, he said, you know, in his point of view, I was just like, yeah. I, I so think- she's saying it from like a female's point of view, like yeah. her own point of view. Mm-hmm. I, I don't weird. I don't know. It was weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I have read 50 Shades a couple of times. <laughs> I have never read it. <laughs> That's correct. Right. So DNF the book. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good. And I really try not to. Same. Same here. Like, I really, really try to push through, but there's some books I just can't do it. Just can't do it. Why waste like your time? That one book, you know? that one book that we read together, but we will never talk about because it was so crazy. Yeah. I wanted to DNF that book so yeah. bad. It I was know. so hard. We but pushed I through it. though. We but pushed I through it. Never again. You know, her book is on all over TikTok. So I, I saw something. Was it the one where it was like people were saying it's not erotica, it's horror? Yeah, they were trying to say it's a dark yeah. romance. Like they didn't understand. Oh, that's what, what dark, it was. Yes, a yes. dark romance was. And, and it was what? one of her books. Because all her books are labeled as dark romance. They what are. They're not? erotica and dark romance. Erotica, yes. But along with like that thriller, horror, whatever genre yeah, you want to call it. Just, that's it's, just crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's like, if you... Hmm. <laughs> I know I think about that book every now and then I do too because I want to know what yeah, it's a, I know I remember I we were like damn but what's gonna happen after that I don't even know if she's I, written more but I can't I can't I, I can't and that book that she was talking about on TikTok with the dark romance it has yeah. something to do with taking the eyeball out and putting it in the eyeball socket no I'm done <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So she really has a thing for taking body parts out and then putting them back in places. Pushing boundaries. Okay. Because ours was the teeth, right? Like taking other people's teeth and Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jump scare. (laughs) Oh my god. I feel like I feel like I want to pick up something else of hers just to see. Like, I'm curious, you know, like watching a car accident and you're just like, you want to see, but you know, you don't really want to see like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Sorry if well, no one knows what we're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> should we say, should we say the name at least? What is her name? The author, Yolanda Olson. Oh, you remembered. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember. I yeah. will never forget ever but I I yeah. do like I, I feel like I want to maybe pick something else up but I, I'm scared to I I'm really scared. am I'm scared because like I said that was hard to read that w- 
if you could read that, you know, more power to you, but I was, I was scared. I remember, I remember getting dizzy at one point. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Have you ever dreamed of a book boyfriend? I don't think I have. Like had a dream of a book boyfriend. I don't think so. No? Okay. Let's see. Complained about a book turned movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We really liked um which one's the one that we saw this summer? Uh where the crawdads sing. Yeah, that. But we did complain about how we lost some emotions. Rushed. Yeah. I felt like it book. was rushed. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. like the court scenes and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um this which one's an easy one. To- which I wanted to ask you about, you know how they're doing, what is it? Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you read that yet? It's turned, is being Mm-mm. turned into like a series, but I feel like you read, what is it? The Seven Husbands of Hugo or something. You never read no, that? The Seven seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. No. You haven't Mm-mm. read that one? No. I thought you did. Mm-mm. Oh. Well, I have it. I'm reading it, you know, on and off. But I'm like, maybe Jenny's read it. Mm-hmm. But I know that her that I've seen it everywhere, but no. Yeah, that particular book is being made into a mini series or a series or something. So hmm. I was just like, let me ask Jenny. But nope, never. All right. Uh made someone read your favorite book. Made yes. someone? I can't make anyone do anything. Are you kidding me? It was constant for like a month or two after we read Shadow and Bone. I think you would like Throne and Glass. Just read it. (laughs) I mean. Drink up. Yes. I'm not mad about it. But still. (laughs) All right. Um fangirled over an author of course i did this summer (laughs) yep all right damn we'll do like two more okay um waited up for a book to hit your kindle yep sure did and i read it that whole night into the next day yep i technically didn't wait up but i was at work waiting no, Watching. I waited. I nope. waited. I kept refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, there? last one. Hold out your Kindle at a party. Um, not my Kindle, but my Kindle app on my phone. That's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> no, I feel like when you pull out your Kindles, your like Kindle like thing. But it's the same thing. You're pulling out your Kindle app, you're reading. I yes. think that's the premise of the I've done question. it a couple times, even with yes. our friends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you pull out your phone to read. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, downtime. Everybody's talking. Yeah. Let me read a couple of <laughs> Let me just read. That's funny. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Okay. We're good. <laughs> well, if these were shots, I'll be drunk. <laughs> yes, you would be. <laughs> no, but I like that. We're gonna have yeah. to um see some of those other ones at some. Yeah, there's a time. there's a lot in there, but yeah, I believe it. All right, let's get into some of these book reviews. Would you like to go first or me? Yeah, I can go. Okay. All right, so I'm talking about when oceans rise by Robin Alvarez and. Before I start, I know I said before that this book is very pretty, and it is. I absolutely loved it, everything about it, the story, how it was like a story of growth and Mm -hmm. learning about yourself, but there are trigger warnings. There's a lot of gaslighting in this book. There's mental, physical, and emotional abuse, Mm. so it's very tough, and it's a young adult, so this girl's like, 17 18 like around that age so she's very young um 
So just so you're aware, and this will be a little spoilery, but I'm going to stop at some point because I don't want to ruin the whole thing. This Mm -hmm. book doesn't come out until May. So, oh, okay. Okay. So I can't be too spoilery. I don't really want to be too spoilery. Gotcha. Um, So it is a young adult fantasy. It's Little Mermaid retelling, but there are no mermaids. It's more of the concept. Like there's a sea witch. There's like a bartering of your voice kind of thing. So it starts off with Malaya, who's the FMC. And she is a half Filipino, half Irish teenager. And she's raised in America. And she has like, she lives with her mom and dad, but her mom is very like, want to teach you our culture she's very strict she's constantly telling her stories about mythological creatures from the filipino culture and you know how like when we're young and our parents are like oh if you don't go to bed on time the kuko is gonna get you yeah it's kind of like that it's exactly like that except their their kuko is in a swung so her mom is constantly talking to her about this thing So Malaya, all she wants is her freedom. She doesn't want to be, you know, stuck at home. She wants to be let free. And her mom is very, very strict with her. So this causes her to kind of like rebel a little bit. So there is this like curse that her mom tells her about. And it's a curse about the females in their family are meant to fall in love with these like sweet, gorgeous men. But eventually they become very deceptive. So they're always cursed to like have like an awful relationship type thing. Of course, she doesn't believe her mom because she's a teenager and her mom's her mom, you know. So one day there's this party at her family's house and her aunt, she reads palms. So she decides to read her palm and she's like, your true love is coming. He's going to come out of nowhere. He's going to make you believe in magic and he won't be wearing a shirt. That's how you know who it is. Okay. Of course, that day she goes to the beach with all her friends. They're playing a game. They're playing spin the bottle. She ends up kissing this boy. And of course, he has no shirt on. So she's like, I found him. Even though she didn't believe. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's the first thing I thought. I'm like, girl, you're at a beach. This just happened today. Right. Because it was like out of nowhere. He didn't have a shirt on. She wants to be like free and do her own thing. So she's like, maybe this is it. Right. So she ends up dating him. His name is Ian and everything's going great. You know, months go by, whatever, everything's fine. And she's like blindly in love. So, you know, like when you're watching your friend in a relationship, you see what they don't see. You see this dick of a boyfriend who's doing all these little things that you're like, hmm. I don't know about you, but she doesn't see it. This is kind of what's happening. So okay. you're like, as a reader, you're watching it as like her friend. Cause you're like, oh my God, stop. Pay oh, attention. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically he is super, super shady. He sneaks around. He ends up cheating on her. Of course she loses her virginity to him. So she's like stuck on him, you know, that kind of right. relationship. Mm-hmm. So eventually her mom sends her away to go visit her aunt and she's like you're only doing this because you want me away from Ian he responds to her like he's he's not answering her phone calls whatever but when he finally does he's very like you can start seeing the gaslighting like oh if I was if I could take you away I would because nobody else is going to take care of you like that kind of thing like making her really depend on him Mm -hmm. So her aunt eventually does another party and reads her palm again. And she's like, okay, this is bullshit because the last time you did this, I ended up with Ian, who is treating me a certain way. He -hmm. cheated on me. So I don't believe you. And her aunt is like, well, he's not the boy that I was telling you about. And she's like, what do you mean? She was like, that wasn't him. Just because you met him right after I said it doesn't mean it's him. So eventually they start to talking and she's like, well, all you need is a reset of meeting him, meeting Ian. And she's like, well, how do I do that? She said, you have to go to the beach. (laughs) She tells her this like crazy story where she has to go underwater, hold her breath and not come out until this sea witch comes to you. 
she doesn't believe it but eventually she ends up at the beach on not purposely ends up meeting the sea witch so then she asks her for help and she basically barters her voice in order to have a reset of meeting ian so in order for her to have to this reset she's going to take her voice completely so she agrees to it what malaya doesn't realize is that she's not doing a reset of her life she's throwing her into this alternate timeline of her life the most interesting part of this entire story was that the alternate timeline because she completely like takes her away from her world puts her in a different world but it's her world world yeah so everyone she knows is not everyone she knows but it's their faces it's just she's in a different place Mm -hmm. with a different malaya like the fmc like she's just she was just put somewhere else in a different timeline yes i don't want to i don't want to continue on to like spoil what happens after that because it gets so freaking interesting how all of this works out and basically like the emotions and all the decisions that she starts to realize what's going on and Mm -hmm. how her life would have been different I don't want to spoil any of that because it's so freaking good that sounds really good it really is it's super emotional like I wanted to cry sometimes but then sometimes I was like happy for her and like it's it's really it reads like you're her friend like you just want to be there for her and just like pull her out of this situation that she's in and you mm-hmm. can't and it's so frustrating but mm-hmm. it's so freaking good her friends the boys she meets the her sister like her relationship with this person in this alternate like timeline and right. how she like she's just like oh my god what if i would have done this differently what would have happened to me then kind of oh my it's so like I love it so much it's so good it's very triggering some moments are are the gaslighting moments were very like "Ah," but I enjoyed it a ton it was so so good it sounds really really good yeah I want everyone to read it so bad (laughs) because I really like I really really like that it's that kind of book that you were like I wish I would have read it when I was younger and knew what that was kind of thing but it was really good. It reminds me about how like there's that trend where it's like if you could reread a book for the first time over, I feel like that would be it. Because you know how like certain books, that twist or, you know, that mm-hmm. unexpected kind of like plot kind of thing kind of throws you off and you're like, wait, yeah. what? And you can't get that over again. Mm-hmm. That like, wait, what? Like you can't get that over. So yeah, that sounds like one of those kinds of books where it's like yeah. once you read it, like. I agree. Kind of, yeah. Oh, I've got to pick that up. <laughs> you definitely should. And you it said it really comes good. out when? May. May. <gasps> yeah. The same as um, Meet Me at the Lake. She's the one that did our that book we read over the summer that we really like every uh, summer after yes i can't wait <laughs> that, that's a book i can't wait for to have that's it. awesome that was i didn't so know that good. all right are you ready yes okay, ready so in five years by rebecca surly as i said before it had um the main character danny and this is like a first person kind of book um so Danny kind of lives, I don't want to say like a perfect life. She just lives a, a very scheduled, um, she knows what she wants and she has a plan for it. Right. So um, on this particular, when we meet her, it's the day she's going into a job in, or getting ready for a job interview for this lo- law firm that she's worked her whole life to getting to like everything she's done in her life led her to this moment for this job interview like this is her top her top choice like this is what Mm -hmm. she wants with her life and she's living with her boyfriend and they've been together for a couple years and she knows this is the person that she wants to marry and she knows on this particular day that 
not only is she going for her job interview and she knows she's going to get the job, but she also knows that David, her boyfriend, is going to propose to her just because um, the way he's acting and also because of the place that he chose for the proposal. It's like this mm -hmm. really nice restaurant. And she's like, this is the day. Like, why else would we go to this restaurant? It's not just to, you know, congratulate me for this interview or whatever. So she goes to the interview and um, the interviewer asks her, like the associate um, or partner or whatever, he's like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And she's like, well, I'm going to be up for partner within this company. Um, I'm going to be married to my boyfriend, David, and we're going to be living in, I forget what what part of New York this particular like neighborhood um, mm -hmm. that they both agreed to that like as soon as they get married they're gonna find their dream apartment or house in this one particular area in New York and that's where they're gonna live so she has like like I said a plan so oh, that's like um, very plan plan <laughs> yeah she like they and her her boyfriend agrees with her because he's kind of similar to her yeah also a lawyer but not um like the type of lawyer she is, is when big companies merge with another right. big company, they're the one that does all the legal like paperwork for it. Those like contracts mm -hmm. and stuff and overlooking it. That's her job. And right. her, and her, her boyfriend, he does law too, but I forget what in particular, it's not as like hardcore or as stressful. It's more lenient. Like so like when they start a family and things, it's not going to be as hard. So she goes for the job interview. She knows she has the job. She goes to dinner with David. He proposes to her like he said he would. And so they celebrate. They get back to the apartment. She falls asleep. And then she's kind of like jolted awake. And she she realizes it like she doesn't really know where she's at because the apartment she's in isn't an apartment that she's ever seen before and as she's looking around in the room she's noticing like all her stuff is there and she's just like where am I kind of thing and then the tv happens to be on and the news anchor says oh it's gonna be a snowstorm and it's December, I forget what particular date, 2000, and I believe 25. And she's like, wait, how has it been five years? Kind of <laughs> Could thing? you imagine the mind fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, what the fuck is going on? So then she happens to look down at her hand and there's a ring on her finger, but it's not the ring that David, you know, gave her. And she was just like, like she's like freaking out she's like what the fuck is happening and then a man walks in and she's like who are you kind of thing and but even though she doesn't know who this person is she knows mm -hmm. like there's a deep connection between the two and so um she hmm. he's like oh are you hungry and she's like no but then like her stomach her stomach tells otherwise and so he was like I'll make pasta and she's like where am I and he's like you're funny or something like that and then she's like am I still a lawyer and he's like of course you are like he's confused by her so she's like I need to change because she's like in this red dress and she's just like what like I don't understand what's going on so she goes and she finds her clothes and she changes into like sweats and then while she's you know changing she sees his pants or whatever or his jacket and she finds his wallet and she finds out that his name is Aaron Aaron Gregory and so now she knows his name um they eat um they talk a little bit and then he leads her to the bedroom or whatever and it ends with her falling asleep with him but she knows that more was coming after that and then she's jolted awake again and she's back in her apartment with David and she's just like oh she knows that it wasn't a dream she knows that it was real like this was really her life in five years and 
she's just like how do I how did I get there like what happened to David like she's so shook up by this yeah she goes to therapy (laughs) and her her therapist I forget what she tells her I think she tells her like oh it might just be like stress induced you know Sometimes when we're super stressed about, you know, what we want in life, we kind of make up these like scenarios or these things within us or whatever. Yeah. So she was like, you know, maybe that's what the case is. So time passes. She's like, it's like four, four years have passed or four and a half years. And she got the job. Her and David moved into that particular neighborhood like she said they would. The only difference is they never got married. They're still engaged. So um, they just never found like the perfect date for it. And something has always come up where they would have to like reschedule or put it in the back burner, like whether it was like career or family or whatever. So she's like, you know, one day they will get married, but, you know, they just haven't picked that date. Um, Now we meet her best friend, Bella, and her best friend is the complete opposite of her. She's like carefree, lives, you know, she'll get up and leave and go to Paris. She's very well off. Her parents are really well off. She's never committed to anything before. She's had tons of boyfriends or whatever. So Bella is like, hey, I think I met the one. Um, You and David should come to lunch so you guys can meet him or whatever. So, you know, uh, Danny is just like, whatever. She always feels like she's met the one, but she goes to the to the lunch anyway. And the man. It's not him. It's him. (laughs) So, oh my god that sucks so bad <laughs> so wow so she introduces <laughs> the boyfriend she's like this is greg but as we know him the first time we met him his name is aaron gregory yeah but bella calls him greg so she introduces him this is greg or whatever and danny kind of like is shitting bricks like she's just like she feels sick she's like no this can't be and I forgot to mention this is gonna be full of spoilers <laughs> <laughs> I mean but, I hope people are used to it because we you don't know here anymore I say stop so anyway <laughs> she's sick she she's like oh I'm not feeling well I have to go so she kind of abruptly leaves and um uh her boyfriend um her boyfriend David is like oh yeah she's been you know complaining about herself like is trying to cover for her and Bella's like no you don't like him you need to give him a chance kind of thing and like even Greg he's like you Mm -hmm. know I really want you to give me a chance or whatever I really like Bella whatever and she's just like she's just like I can't be around like in her mind you know she's like I just can't be around him like oh my god like this is gonna be terrible so um Bella's in a serious relationship she introduces him and then um she goes back to her loft and she's she's in her apartment and she's freaking out and she's like I'm gonna go for a run even though she hasn't ran in like years this was something she used to do she Mm -hmm. was like I'm gonna go for a run so she goes for a run um and she stops by like like a broad boardwalk kind of thing and who does she run into (laughs) she runs into Greg again and he was he was like he's like Danny and she like turns around she's like fuck like hey um you know I know you're Bella's best friend and Bella you know thinks very highly of you I really hope you know we could be friends or whatever um I really want you know this to work and he was like oh I'm about to go view an apartment for Bella do you want to come with me and so Danny goes and you know because he she wants to you go in good faith and you know be a friend for yeah. her best friend. So she goes to see the apartment 
And immediately she knows it's the apartment that was in her permanent oh So she's like, fuck. So <laughs> she, you know, um, Danny calls, no, uh, Greg calls Bella on the phone and Bella, he's like, oh, I ran into Danny and she's here with me. And so she's like, oh, put her on the phone. So Bella's like, hey, do you love the apartment? Isn't it great? And Danny's like, trying to like steer her away from getting it because if things keep happening the way it is then that means you know her future is gonna be true like what she saw so she's thinking like if certain things don't happen then that future isn't gonna happen because she's like in her mind she's like how am I gonna betray my friend like that there's like no way so she tries to steer you know steer her away from it she was like oh it's nice but you know it needs a lot of work and you know you'll be spending so much time and she was like and you both you know you know we both know like you don't really finish anything like this would be like a huge task for you and she was just like she was kind of bummed by it or whatever and then we don't really hear anything about the apartment until later on again so time passes and um, Danny now feels like her and David have to get married. She's like, we have to get married, you know, um, and David is just like, what's bringing this on? She was like, you know, we've waited too long. And if we wait any longer, it's never going to happen. So we should just do it. And he was like, okay, but let's, let's plan it. We can't just do it overnight. And she was like, why not? And he was just like... <laughs> your family has been waiting my family has been waiting like and he's like this doesn't even sound like you like no we're not gonna do it that way she was like okay so they kind of like set this random date or whatever and so they're trying to plan for a wedding Bella's still dating Greg and so over the summer um they usually as friends go to like this um beach house kind of thing Mm -hmm. so they all go and while they're at the beach house you know Danny's trying to be a good friend and you know hang out with Greg and everything even though she's like still standoffish so then one day while they're all together while they're at the house Danny wakes up early. She went for a run. She's about to like put coffee on or something. And Bella comes downstairs. She's like, what are you doing up? You're never up this early. And she was like, oh, I haven't really been feeling well. Um, And she was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, you know, listing like kind of like pregnancy um, symptoms. And she's like, wait, we should go get a test. So they go and get a test. And it comes out positive that Bella's pregnant. So now, you know, Danny's like, oh, oh my fuck. God. <laughs> yes. So um, she's like, don't tell anyone, you know, I want to wait for my doctor's appointment or whatever. So um, they plan for when they get back for Bella to go to the doctors. She wants, she winds up telling greg that she's pregnant he's super happy about it at first she was like super scared like you know we haven't been dating that long and for me to be pregnant like she thought he would just like up and leave kind of thing Mm -hmm. like no like i'm super excited you know i want to be a dad or whatever so this is stressful (laughs) it gets even more stressful it's stressful so I know th- people are going to think this is like a whimsical romance. Okay, it's not. And I'm going to warn you now. This is not like what you think it is. So Bella goes to her doctor's appointment and Greg calls Danny and he's like, she needs you. There's no baby. So she automatically thinks that Bella lost the baby. She had a miscarriage. So she heads over to her best friend's house right away. Mm-hmm. She's curled up in the bed. She climbs into bed with her. She's like, I'm so sorry to hear about the baby. You'll get through this. She was like, no, there never was a baby. She was like, what do you mean? You had a positive test. She was like, the doctors think I have ovarian cancer. 
Dang. Yes. And so ovarian cancer, I guess, can mimic pregnancy mm-hmm. symptoms, but they're not officially sure. And, but they suspect that's what it is. So Danny is like, we're going to get the best doctors. Like, I want a second opinion. So Bella's parents were parents that enjoyed the idea of having a kid because everyone around them were having kids. Like I said, they were really rich and really well off. So her dad, you know, has connections. So Danny is the one that calls Bella's dad and is like, hey, this is what the doctors are saying. I need the top care here in New York for Bella to go to. So they see the oncologist, right? The on- mm-hmm. Yeah. They see the oncologist and he's running tests and he's like, I think what, you know, those doctors were saying could be true. I want us to run more tests to be, you know, to confirm. Um, but deep down he knew it was. And Danny seeing the oncologist, the way he was like describing certain things, she knew he knew it was bad, but was trying to like not give them that bad news right yeah. off without having all the tests that needed be needed to be done. So they do the test, they confirm that it is stage three and that basically like she's never going to be able to have children of her own and that they're going to have to do like a full like surgery for her and so they plan to do it um I guess like the odds were like 50 50 and you know Danny knows that that's not really good odds you know either you're gonna live you know or you know that ovarian cancer is gonna take her life kind of thing mm-hmm. So Danny and Aaron go for like a walk and Aaron promises that, you know, he's not going to leave. He's going to be there for Bella. He loves her. So Bella winds up getting the surgery. It goes well. Um, Aaron and Danny are taking care of Bella. Um, Bella's family hires like an in-house nurse to be there for her. Because like I said, like, her parents didn't know how to be parents. So the only thing they yeah. knew was throw like, money and, you know, to help her as best they could. So they hired the nurse or whatever. So um, in the same token, like Danny's job is now taking like a back seat and she's scared she's going to lose this job. So she kind of has to explain what's going on to her boss and her her boss is like, he would have never known because her work has still been up to par and like he wants her around because he can see her becoming partner one day like she said she would so he wants her to take on like this case so she winds up having to go to like California to help out and in the same time before she had left um Bella has been doing a lot of chemo and not really doing well Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny has been around but she's kind of been c- super controlling so Bella and her got into like an uh, argument during one of her appointments and Bella was like I don't want you here anymore Um, this is super stressful you're super controlling kind of thing but I felt like it was Bella's way of not her friend not seeing her so she and- was pushing her away yeah so they have a fight. Danny goes to California. Um, she cries before that, she cries to Aaron about it. Um, and that, you know, he tells her, just, you know, give her time. She's gonna forgive you. You know, she's just going through a lot right now. Don't let it bother you, kind of thing. So she goes to California. Um, she does like a a meet and greet with this company that's thinking about merging or selling something. And so um, she's there, but at the whole time, she's like, I shouldn't be here. Like I want to be with my friend or whatever. So she feels guilty about it. Um, She winds up going back 
to New York. She's still planning her wedding. She picks a, a random dress. Like she, her heart is not in it. Like yeah. she's just getting married to get married. Just so like that future with Greg doesn't happen. Greg Aaron. I call him Aaron Greg because <laughs> they both flip flop as to what his name is. Bella yeah. calls him Greg and Danny calls him Aaron. So she's um, flip flopping between it. And then um, I'm trying to see what happens next. Um, she picks her wedding dress. Um, even though it's like a random fucking dress, like she doesn't even think it looks appropriate on her. Like it's it's just terrible. I I'm like, girl, just don't get me <laughs> just give it up already. Right. <laughs> so um Bella and her um reconnect and they find out through her new test results that the chemo didn't get rid of the cancer. And um Bella tells Danny like she doesn't want to do chemo anymore she doesn't want to fight it anymore um and so the day I guess she found out her test results Aaron kind of like proposed to her and so now they're engaged and like basically she just wants to live you know as much as she can kind of thing so they get engaged um And when she tells Bella, when she tells Danny about her being engaged, she tells Danny, I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. Like, I want you to experience a deep love. And she's like, you don't have that right now. What you have is a, like, love of convenience. And there's no... There's no fire behind it. There's no passion behind it. And she's like, I want you, you know, to feel that one day. She's like, girl, I'm I'm about to get married to David. What are you talking about? I love him. She was like, she was like, you love him, but you're not in love with him. And so um, Danny goes to, so she's dying. Um, I'm trying to remember if she breaks up with, David before trying to remember let me see so yeah so she wants her to experience a deep love um she calls David basically telling him that she loves him, but they like they both break up with each other, kind of thing. It's kind of mutual. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, he's like, We've had five years to get married and it never happened, and you right. can't give excuses. And so when she gets home, they they have this big talk and she's like, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be together. And he was like, Yeah, we shouldn't. She was like, what do we do now? And he's like, you leave. <laughs> Damn. Bye. I laughed. Because he <laughs> verbatim, he was like, you leave. So like she I had heard. to get all, <laughs> had to get all her stuff, move into her best friend's house, who's dying. So now she's moving in with Aaron, the guy oh that she saw five years ago. Her best friend is dying. Her boyfriend just broke up with her. And now she's living in her best friend's house. So they've been living together. She's taking care of Bella. She, Bella's getting worse. She doesn't understand why her mom, like her mom winds up coming from like Paris to New York, but she spends most of her time at like her hotel and doesn't really visit her. So finally, she's like, during one of her worst episodes, Danny goes to find Bella's mom and she winds up she winds up seeing her at the hotel bar and she's like what are you doing here you should be with your daughter like she doesn't have that much time and you're wasting that here at the bar I don't understand it and this was like another like really sad moment because her mom admits to being like I don't know what to do 
she was just like you know you're her best friend so sad. yeah she was like you're her best friend you've always been there for her she was like you're the reason why we even moved here and she's like wait what she was like that one day the day that her and Bella met was at a park and they hit it off really well and um Danny's mom was talking to Bella's mom and was like oh she's going to this school in the fall whatever so Bella's mom made sure her daughter went to that same school or got enrolled into that same school even though that wasn't the school she was originally going to go to because Bella spoke so highly about Danny that Mm -hmm. she and they had just moved from Europe back to the States she was like, you know, she didn't have anyone except Danny. So she was just like, you know, I moved her, you know, here because you were her only friend at the time and I didn't want her to be alone. So all this time, you know, her mom knew that was the only gift she could give her, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like... <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet. So she I was, mean, it doesn't make up for being an absent parent. No, but it doesn't. But but then you understand it too. So she was just like, you know, but, and then Danny is just like, no, she, she's, she wants her mom. She wants you. So she winds up going and spending time with her. And so, um, the next week or so Danny comes back from work back to Bella's house and she notices none of her stuff is there. And she's just like, did did they put it in storage or whatever so um she calls Aaron and she's like hey do you know where my stuff is and he was like oh can you meet me at the loft and it's that apartment that she saw all those months ago he was like can you meet me here and she doesn't want to go and he was like Bella you know really wanted you to come or whatever so she goes and basically Bella decorated and renovated this apartment for Danny because she knew that she she saw Danny living there she was like this is where you're supposed to be living and she renovated everything for her wow and that was the apartment she left her. She was like, this is your apartment. I want you to have it. So I would be freaking out. <laughs> so then she gets this apart this apartment. In the apartment, for some reason, Danny and Aaron kiss. Bella stops her treatment, knowing she's gonna die. Um yikes. And Bella does die. And that like broke my heart. (laughs) So she passes away. Her family's, you know, her family plans like this crazy like funeral service that's like so extravagant that they know like this isn't what Bella would have wanted. So they decide... Aaron, Danny, and their close friends are going to do a celebration of life for her. And on that night is the night five years into the future. And what her premonition saw was her waking up after the celebration of her life in that apartment. The ring that she saw on her finger was actually... Bella's engagement ring but it wasn't on her ring finger it was like on her middle finger and Aaron was there because he wound up going back home with her that night they wind up sleeping together but they both wake up realizing that they were only gravitating to each other because of the grief that they were feeling and the loss that they were feeling there was no like actual romantic feelings there it was just lost people finding each other and you know they both agree like you know we can be friends but there's nothing like you know he has to move on um Danny gives him the the ring and he was like oh no Bella want you to have it she was like no this is yours 
So he's like, thank you. And he was like, you know, maybe we could meet up one day for coffee or whatever. And she's like, yeah, maybe. And he leaves. And now she's sitting in her apartment and she's just like, you know, she doesn't know what she wants to do. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a walk around the neighborhood. She ends up in a deli and um, she's at the counter looking at what's happening. And then the bell chimes ring and she turns around and it's the doctor, Bella's doctor, the oncologist. And she was like, oh, doctor, I think his, his name was Dr. Shaw. And he was just like, oh, call me Mark. I'm so sorry. And then it ends with them sitting for coffee for about an hour. And that's like kind of how it ends. That's cute. I like that. It's very sad. It's <laughs> so Because I'm thinking, oh, five years into the future, she sees this guy. It's going to be like this crazy, like whirlwind romance of like how yeah. she, it leads up to her meeting this guy. And that was not, not it. Not it. Not it at all. No. <laughs> so I was traumatized because I yeah. think I'm getting a love a love story, and it's not <laughs> necessarily a love story, but it's a a, a about her friendship to you know yeah. Bella and her losing her friend and her going through the grief, and then now trying to navigate her life without her best friend, and mm-hmm. also losing some of that like that like structure she was so used to you know like her world really really turned upside down and now she can't she knows like she can't live a life like that because things like this can happen you know Mm -hmm. you can't plan out your life because it may not go the way you think it is and you know Danny really thought this was gonna be her life and you know life was like haha just kidding (laughs) but what really hurt me was like some of the dialogue between Danny and Bella because you could tell they're really really good friends and it just made me think about like my best friend and like you know if I was to lose my best friend how would that feel for me so like I like I said I cried at work and then as soon as like I finished reading it it wound up being during my lunch break I, I started crying or whatever. And my best friend works at my school. I went into her room. Jesus. And I was like, what is going on? She was, I was like, I just read a book during my lunch break. And I cried. She was like, a kid's book? And I was like, okay. yeah. you know, we work with kids. Yeah. I was like, no, I was on my lunch break reading a book. And she was like, okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, it was so sad. That's good. I don't, I think I would be very upset thinking I'm reading one book and it turns out to be something totally off, but it it sounds really good. And I, in the back of the book, it said something along the lines, like it's not a love story that you think it is. And I'm just like, I'm thinking it's not a love story that I think it is because she's going to steal her best friend's boyfriend, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's going to be Jesus. <laughs> no. No. Yep. <laughs> what is that TikTok emotional uh trauma? <laughs> emotional damage. Oh yeah, emotional damage. <laughs> and that's why I thought it was so good because it made me have all these emotions and like I yeah. really didn't know what was happening. Like you think, you know, some stories you can kind of, you know, follow the crumbs and know what's going to happen. But this one, whoo, it took me by surprise and I didn't like it. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't like it. Well, I'm glad you got it all out of your system. Yeah. I had to talk <laughs> about it. And I was explaining this book at work too. And people were like, you were really into this book. Huh? And I was just like, well, it, it put me on a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I'm all thinking lovey-dovey or whatever. No. no. That's good. I like that. It punched me in my heart. <laughs> it punched me in my heart. In my That's heart. Funny. No, but it, was, it, it was good. I really good. liked it. Angel didn't like it. I explained the book to him and he was like, no, Danny's Why? a snake in the grass. 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> she was like no she she over here having sex with her her best friend oh my god <laughs> he did Jesus. not like her i was like they were going through grief together okay people <laughs> handle their grief and their trauma differently and he was like no <laughs> wow that's what he got out of the whole book pretty much pretty much Jesus. <laughs> men that's what i got awesome (laughs) (laughs) well they're really good very opposite books yes very opposite as usual some friendship themes I guess (laughs) yes I agree and the whole like timeline thing mine goes into a different alternate like timeline and yours saw vision in the future of what she thought Mm -hmm. was her life Mm -hmm. which was interesting how like how everything fell into place, like how everything did happen. Cause when she woke up that day, she said the same thing. She was like, he asked her, are you hungry? She was like, no. Um, she was like, am I a lawyer? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, Can you the- imagine? Like it was like the night before and he was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah. But <laughs> wow. I think he, I think he thought it was because like she was waking up to like the, day after the funeral kind of thing you yeah. know in the midst of all that so of course she's kind of like her disoriented brain. and stuff yeah makes sense yeah it was good. all right awesome hey well thanks for joining yes. glad you could be here keep coming back let Please. us know if there's anything <laughs> you want us to talk about read whatever let us yes. know in the comments on instagram yes. give us some recommendations we always look forward to them I mean, we can add it to our TBRs. When (laughs) we do it, we'll try our best. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's all we got. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.